0: Namaste. Today is 17th November and uh, there are several kinds of already talks, deliberations, reflections on this day. And uh, we have ourselves spoken about it on different occasions. But today I want to look at it from a very different angle. And that angle is from the point of view of its impact on humanity, what it really means and what it means for us from the future point of view. So all evolution, Shurabindu reveals to us, is a two-fold process. What we see is one side and the side is form is there and there are some challenges and the form evolves. But there is something which happens before the form evolves and that's what we see symbolically hinted in the story of the Dashavatar. And invariably, it is a descent from a higher plane that enters into matter and awakens in matter the need to go beyond its framework within its limits. So if we look at it from that angle, in fact Mother speaks of it that uh, Sri Bindu and herself have been there at the juncture when the first humanity had come. And she describes it, that they were there. And the the first human beings means uh, must be as you know the higher um, chimps or apes. We really don't know what they were, but suddenly there was a time when through several layers, suddenly there was a transmutation, and human beings as we understand today, they have emerged. Now, these first human beings were very awkward creatures. Certainly, they were very, uh, I mean, they, were, they must have been regarded as very miserable misfits in a whole animal world because they had none of the capacities and qualities of the uh, animals. And yet, they carried within themselves a dream, a possibility, which would one day make them travel right on, up to Mars and, you know, think about the future, engage in yoga deal with computers music arts all these things so why this impulse this aspiration these dreams awakened in human beings so that's where we have to understand the inner side of evolution we see the outer side and the inner side of evolution is the change of consciousness which begins to take place in a particular species so when we look at it from purely biological science well There is no reason, no cause, nobody knows. It's a chance event. There are challenges and something happens and the species begins to look for something else and begins to change. But from the spiritual perspective, as Sri reveals to us, there is something which happens before this change begins and that something is the divine descent in matter. The mother speaks about it as the divine sacrifice in matter. So the very fact that Sri and the mother became human, As divine beings, they became human. They came from another realm, another dimension. We see in Savitri, his was a spirit that stooped from higher spheres. A colonist from immortality. His birth held up a symbol and a sign. All these uh, lines which indicate that they came embodying, they brought with them a higher consciousness and brought it into matter. Same we see with the mother. That when the mother's birth takes place, a new epiphany appeared in her. So she comes bringing a higher consciousness along with her soul and takes birth into matter. Matter doesn't know it. So what does matter do? It tries to stifle. And there is a tussle. This tussle nobody is aware. The world is going on the way it is. But the first conflict, the impact, the tussle, the battle is faced by the avatar. The divine beings who come, enter into matter and by the very fact they are there, the whole process of change begins. Let's take the example from the Bhagavat, which is a very beautiful symbolic story. I mean, apart, I'm sure it's a historical story, but leave aside for a moment that aspect. Look at it: that where did the change? We know that battlefield of Kurushetra and subsequently the reign of Dharma, Parikshit. All these events take place. Where do they begin? They begin in a prison where even the main protagonist and the antagonist don't know what has happened. So, who didn't know? Devaki didn't know what has happened. She forgot completely as the story goes. And who didn't know? Kansa didn't know who is going to die. And that's a beginning in a jail and nobody knows anywhere in the world that something has happened and the whole jail begins to shake. That jail or the prison is the prison in which humanity of that times was imprisoned. And Slowly from the jail, the change starts and this little baby begins to come out, escape and then there are challenges he faces, nobody else faces and he conquers them and then eventually he leads a humanity and now we know him as Krishna, the adorable Krishna who leads humanity out of that state in which it was completely a slave to a system, to a way of life and leads him towards freedom and delight. That was Sri Krishna's mission, to lead humanity to freedom and delight while walking the path of life. He didn't teach that you have to escape anywhere into some forest and monastery, but how to live normally and yet be free inside and taste that delight. But world is not ready. We know that. So now another avatar comes in the form of Mother and Shurubindo. And now another story and epic climb begins where within matter, within the womb of matter, It's not just a mother's womb, but womb of matter. These two divine beings in two different parts of the world begin to change or shake the very foundations. Now, because they begin to... Now, this is a story seen from a very different perspective. Now, when they begin to shake the foundations of matter, 72, 78, 1872, 1878, see what happens. There is all over the world a great churning starts. If you see from 1900 or late 1800, the kind of revolutions that start and from 1900 onwards and then the world war and everything as if matter knows that there is something new which is going to happen but it is not ready for it. And that's why in one of our talks in Japan, Mother says that we see this restless activity in nature because she wants to give birth to a new species and she uses the word Superman. This is the first time that the Mother openly declares That all this that is happening is because matter is going to deliver a new species. Now, actually, if they didn't, if nobody knew about them, see, during Krishna's whole lifetime, they were just five beings who knew. But what did they know? Krishna is somebody great, someone unusual, trickster, (laughs) somebody who brought some kind of a divine energy. So, even if the world did not know anything about Mother and The fact that they embodied a greater consciousness and came into matter is enough to energize and quicken matter. It is itself the stamp and the sure sign that matter will be transmuted and one day it has to accommodate this new consciousness. So evolution of man into the being of tomorrow was already fixed and decided. People think that, you know, it depends on 5th December or 17th November. No, it is already decided it is going to happen. The fact that they have descended into matter, matter has received the touch and it is bound to now develop. Now, it could have been aborted only if the way we understand that Kansa tried to kill Krishna, if before Sri and the mother could bring out this possibility, there would have been some catastrophe. It didn't happen. There were efforts both on Sri we know that he was put in the jail, Almost the British government was on the point of finishing this possibility of a new consciousness, embodying in matter. With mother's life, in her marriage and all those events, we know that she, was, she had the nervous breakdown while the first world war and we know it was on the verge as if everything was there to stifle the new consciousness. But then, for the mother, it turned out into a greater yoga for sure, Bindo, while in the jail itself he could, uh, you know, realize the greatest uh, stairs of yoga. And after that, when they came to Pondicherry, it was a complete realization. We know all the events. We have spoken about it at different times. But the very fact that they realized within themselves is a sign that now, and they realized as embodied beings, is the promise and assurance that this is going to be. And that's why in one of the cryptic statements, the mother says that sooner or later, at some point she speaks about a prophetic vision and she says like an apocalypse that humanity will start differentiating into different layers so one layer is a humanity which is satisfied with itself it will remain where it is so some people believe that now that the supermind is there will it be like a walk in it won't be a walk in <laughs> because it's like heaven on earth but you you have to have the adhikar you can't just walk into the supramental world and say, hey, here I am. No, there has to be a preparation, a readiness, and that we'll come to a little later. But the first thing is the supramental world is here. And how it has to be formed, that secret also Shirvinda is given. What is that secret? It has to be formed by the pressure of the will and faith. Two aspects. And Sri gives this example. There is a whole conversation of mother. She says it has to be formed by the pressure of the will. As we see in the Vedic Rishis, the will, we should want it. And this wanting cannot be just one day, okay, oh, there is something like that, wonderful. You know, in Pondicherry, they are trying something or I have become now an Ashramite. Oh, now I am marked out. No, this is not going to work out. That's very, very clear. One has to want it and want it with persistence and one has to understand that this wanting comes not because one wants to escape from human life, but one knows that human life is extremely limited, limited in every way, limited in knowledge, limited in capacity of love, limited in its capacity for joy, limited in its energy, limited in the very body, prone to hundred things, even if you are the best among the human, still it is limited. And the day we understand that this is limited and then instead of escaping, we want to bring out something new, a greater world, a more perfect world. And what they have done, they have sown this dream inside earth. What is this dream? The dream of a perfect terrestrial life. And through their own life, they have shown us the possibility it can be done and it can be done here and now. Now the moment, the fact that they have come and realized within themselves, it means now This dream, this aspiration is going to be contaminated. And that's why we see the formation of the ashram. It's not like an institution. People were drawn. Suddenly they caught this aspiration. Oh, there can be a greater life, a higher life. We need not live life like slaves as human beings. And at the same time, there are souls who understand the limitation of human life, but they take to the path of the beyond, escape. No, we don't want to escape. There must be perfection here and why not? And these souls, the aspiration came up and they gathered around Sri and the mother. And then the rest of the sega we know. Now what has happened? Does 5th December change anything? Mother said it doesn't change anything. There is a very clear statement and I am so glad Sri society gave this message. That it doesn't change anything. The truth of Sherbindo remains. And even if now there is not a single person who is striving, yet it will continue to contaminate all that is needed, the mother said, is faith that it is possible. She said that if there is a will, wonderful. And this is what they are awakening and contaminating in human beings, like a contagion. And if there is faith, supposing even if there is not the will but faith that... Because divine has created earth, earth can become divine and they don't want to escape. They believe in the fact that there is a possibility of a divine life here upon earth. Because why? Very simple logic, because I dream of it, we all dream of it. And there is not a single dream ever given to man without the capacity to realize it. So if someone dreams of it, he is in. If someone has faith in it, that is possible one is in. If someone has will for it, one is in. So, these are the three steps. First is a very vague dream. Possible. There are many who don't have this vague dream. They may connect with mother and Sri but they may connect, okay, I want to remain within my cocoon, my human cell. but please, take care of my child, take care of my... That's a different type. It's okay. Divine does everything for everyone. But that is not what is going to change. That is a beginning. Maybe because they are invoking Mother and Shrabindo, one day they may catch the fire. But the real journey begins when we begin to dream. Dream what? Dream and dare the impossible. What is impossible? Shrabindo says, in this limited mind which cannot know anything without reason, analysis, inference... Hundred ways, observation, there is a possibility of a spontaneous, direct, plenary illumination and knowledge. The moment we say it is possible, and I could go on into rationally understanding it, it's very much possible even if you see rationally. Ultimately, how do we know anything? We know it through contact of consciousness. But unfortunately, right now, the contact is through the senses and the mind very indirectly. How do we know I am hungry? Because we become hunger. How do we know we are angry? Because we become angry. Somebody else may not know. It's like a lady who knows that she is pregnant much before the world knows. So it's something like that. How do you know you, know you have love? Because you feel it. You become one with that force. So similarly, the first steps are this. This is the best way to know, to identify. But right now we cannot we don't know the divine. He is somebody far. Why? Because we are not identified. He's right there, but we don't know. So we go to temples, we go here, there, everywhere to find him. But all spiritual and mystic literature tells us he's right there. Why we don't know? Because there is a magic circle. We have never broken through the fence. We are not identified with him. We are identified with the ego. So we believe there is divine and it's comfortable to believe. Because divine is there, I want to remain within my magic circle, please supply me the goods I need. That doesn't help for the new life. It is alright, it is one approach, it's a religious approach. At least there is a belief. But here mother says faith. Faith that the divine has sacrificed himself into matter. And that is what is the birth and what we call as the departure of mother and Sri Bindo. This sacrifice had to be taken to its extreme limits every moment of their life look at imagine divine beings imagine if we were asked any of us okay, go and clean the dungeons or take classes for the mentally handicapped challenged see what how we will experience after some time we will say oh this is too much the challenge for them was much more so they sacrificed it started by the fact they took a birth they limited themselves and then the fact that they grew in consciousness while the matter remained it didn't break down is the sign and the assurance that the possibility would be there. Now it has already been established in matter. Matter is accepted. Then as people started joining, it was helpful because then this possibility is getting into other, other, other people. So more and more, more the merrier, The more the contamination take place. But it did not depend upon even a single person joining. Mother says this in one of the statements. Who is the avatar? He comes to uh, open a new rung of consciousness. Even if he were alone, shut in a room and nobody in the world believed it, still he will do his work because it's between matter and the divine. But yes, there is a privilege given to some who are called, they get the dream, they join and it's wonderful. The moment you have joined, this aspiration is there, will is there, faith is there, it's marked, you are in. It's a journey now, like from first man to the present human. Then what about their sacrifice withdrawal? They were moving ahead, far ahead. The dream was established, the aspiration had awakened, the faith was already there. They knew it's a question of time. Why would they stop there? So, this sacrifice went to an extreme limit, and the extreme limit is death, the very denial of everything. That is the extreme limit in which Mother and Shurubindu entered, the dark denial of all things. Even there, they went and put their stamp. And the fact that they have entered through the portals of death, if they wouldn't have done it, and supposing suddenly vanished, One may have doubted that whether the physical transformation can be or cannot be. Everything else would be done. But the fact that just as they took a human body, they entered into bodies, alleys, blind. That's how Sri describes. And entered into the dark dungeon of death. Obviously, we can't see what happened beyond it. We can understand it, that there was the caterpillar transmuting into the butterfly. My own understanding is that they are there as transformed beings and it's the experience of many persons. That is one side of the story and we have spoken about it. So, we don't get into that. And they are there as transformed humanity or the divine humanity of the future and now slowly matter is getting ready. But the route they took toward the transformation was through a headlong plunge into the dark alleys of the body, right to the stronghold of death. Death is the strongest hold upon the body. You realize everything inside, wonderful. You had an experience very good. You, you felt nice, you had peace, you had a vision, you felt blissful. Even you had a means of knowing directly by an inner intuition. But the body, it says, I, I'm not going to, I refuse to give it. So they entered into the last fortress, the impregnable fortress. And the fact that they entered into it and came out through another end, obviously we couldn't see. How could we see? So it is. it was like the ultimate, the last sacrifice. And those who believe that have this faith that because they have become matter, become human, human is bound to become divine. That is enough. That's how she puts it. But what about the rest of humanity? She says, well, there will be humanity which doesn't want the change. It doesn't have faith. Why? Well, many chimps were not ready for the evolution. Bali didn't choose Rama. He chose his own strength. So there is a layer of humanity which believes too much into the mental possibilities and it enjoys it and mother says, never try to convert them. If you do it, they won't be able to bear it because this is a new kind of effort. Not everybody can bear this process of change. It is like, imagine that supposing somebody has done double PhD in whatever, let's say literature and suddenly says, I want to learn music. Knows nothing about music, doesn't even have a throat or sense of music. So where will he be enrolled? In kindergarten. Is man ready for that? To relinquish all this that he knows, all the pride of his knowledge, the arrogance of knowledge and say, okay, I am like a child, teach me the new way. Mother, I don't know. But here we are, human beings... Highly developed, very intelligent, very intellectual but because of this lack of humility, the the readiness to learn, it needs to become a child full of wonder who believes in the impossible, dares that which has never been done, gives his life for it. Such a person is ready. So, we have this message of today and it comes very beautifully, appropriately, though unfortunately it has been very truncated. I don't know why. But this message is in one of the classes of the mother to children. See, with mother's writings, always good to know in full and have the context. Initially, when you see messages during Mother and Sri see, why were the messages given? She said, we have worked something, realized something, done an experiment, it is confirmed, then we give it to others. It's like you are giving a truth which has been realized. There is no ambiguity in it. So, you see the messages, for example, one of the messages, I forget which, I think it was the first one in uh, Darshan day in 27 or something. Entire first chapter of the mother book is there. It's not like little bit here because it's a totality. When you see a thing in totality, it carries a very different meaning. So, messages are meant for that. It is not like, oh, it's very nice, very beautiful, very good. Yes, everything is very good. So, the context of this message is, she is taking a story in a class and she looks at people and understand they are so unconscious. They don't want to learn. They are very happy remaining what they are. So, that's how the background. What is she trying to awaken? The need, the possibility of a change. But people are too happy this is there in some of our other experiences so one day she explains to them that you don't know how lucky you are you have been told many things so now you have picked up the words and you start feeling because we have picked up the words because we have we have read about supermind as i said now it's a walk in for us we can just enter the supramental world whether we want it or not and there we are, because we can talk about it, because we have read it, because it's printed everywhere. That is how the message starts, if you see. She starts by saying, because it is printed, so anybody can read it. But she says it doesn't work out like that and there she reveals a secret truth and that is of Adhikar bhed. Shubhendu speaks of it in evening talks and says, there is something like Adhikar bhed which modern mind doesn't know. You can't claim as a right. Oh, now the supermind is there, now I can… Become a supramental being. No. There is something called as Adhikar. And then she gives the story of, it's a Gujarati story incidentally, which has been translated of one Yusuf. So Yusuf wants to get initiated. He goes to a master. And the master says, okay, fine. I'll initiate you, but do a little errand. So what is the little errand? He says, take a box, carry it and give it to the master on the other side of the uh, forest. All right. All right. You come back, I'll initiate you. Very good. So he's happy, but master says before he is departing, just wait a sec, wait a sec. What is it, uh, master? Don't open the box and see, huh? Now you see when you say, don't open. So he's curious, what is in the box? The box is not locked. Maybe the master has forgotten. Master doesn't forget anything. So, he is travelling, he is thinking, what if I just have a glimpse, what is there? So, he gently opens the box and lo and behold, there is a rat, it jumps out. Now, you can't catch a rat. You can't catch even a blind rat, by the way. So, the rat has disappeared and he feels very bad. And he comes back to the master, says, I am sorry. Master says, yes, I am also sorry. You can't obey even a simple thing. How are you going to? Because yoga implies obedience in the words of the master. If I am full of my self-will that I know it all, then there is no... Yoga implies they are greater beings, they have a higher consciousness, they have embodied the divinity inside them, so they know better than me. So, when they say something, that is the end of the story. I may not understand, so I try to understand. I pray, aspire that, Ma, I don't understand what you have said. Help me understand. Surely, she will make us understand. But if prima facie, I start with this attitude of Yusuf, that, well, let me see for myself. Let me figure it out my way. All right, try it. Of course, eventually, Yusuf also, mother, ends it with a hope. She so says eventually he learned the lesson and through another master he progressed. <laughs> but that is a different thing altogether. So at the end of this he starts telling us, revealing to us a profound truth that in ancient times before you were initiated there were tests which were taken whether you are fit and ready or not. So now here there is no test and everything is available. This knowledge was secret. That's why in the Vedas it was never told in a way that Unless you were an initiate, you can't understand. You can't understand because it's given in secret language. Oh, rishis are aspiring for cows and horses. So all the people who were hostile to the yoga, it's okay. They want some cows and horses. But they didn't know what they are aspiring for. They were aspiring for the transmutation of their consciousness. So this is how the change takes place. So that was ancient time. But now she says, everything has been told to you. It has been made easy. But don't think it is easy. Don't think that because you have read and you have, you know, suddenly certain ideas have come to your mind, you now know words like eternity, infinity. (laughs) And then she gives us what we should do and how we should move on. So I'll read that message Mother speaks to the children. So, this is to tell you that you must not be impatient, it's a long journey. If we want it, okay, next, teach me surrender in one week. It's a lifetime of sadhana, lifetimes. It is a new way. We don't know how many generations. It, it's okay. See how human beings started as a cave dwellers. It's alright. They face the dangers. Today they are flying into Mars. That's how we are. As he said, barbarians of the new world. But new world nevertheless. We feel life differently, understand it differently, think differently. But people outside may well be calling us crazy. Not normal. The chimpanzee would have called human beings crazy. Not normal. But this not normal is a journey towards the supernormal. You want to remain a normal human being within the frame of humanity? Fair enough, it's all right. Nobody is there to nudge you or push you. She says, this all this idea of impatience, of churning matter, turning people, all that is gone. It is in a few. This will, is not like a mass movement. It will be in a few. First, then it will spread through contagion. She says that. And she says that there will be one part of humanity which will collapse. Another part will become higher humanity, not yet the divine humanity. And that higher humanity will become a candidate for the evolution next. But right now, because it's extremely active, it is not yet that phase in Savitri, no. You know, when the dawn comes, then later on he says that it common light of earthly day. So it is still very intense and active. For a few hundred years, it's going to be very intense and active. It's not a dawn which comes and fades away soon. It's still dawn of the new creation. So those who wake up, the early risers, the early birds, is something no, they get something early birds, so they are the early birds. So that the urge, the pressure, the force, the help is going to be tremendous. But if one stops, becomes a laggard, eventually it is there, but it becomes more and more difficult, because you have missed a, a very interesting point when the force is very active. So we are in that moment. So she is saying and imagine you when mother is herself physically there. That you must understand that in order to really possess knowledge, whatever it may be, you must put it into practice. That is, now she says first of all that simply by reading a book or knowing some words, you cannot change nature. So what is the practice she is asking us? Master your nature so as to be able to express this knowledge in action. So what she is pointing is, first part is fine in the message that, you know, eternity, infinity, don't talk about it. Toward the end it is practice. But what is that practice? Mastery over nature. And then she gives very interesting hints. All of you who have come here have been told many things. You have been put into contact with the world of truth. See, this is like a, if you read this passage in its full, you will feel a divine anguish. And that anguish is something like what Krishna would have experienced when his own clan people were fighting and destroying each other. Somebody, you know, said, oh, how did Sri Krishna die this way, that way? I said, can you imagine, first of all, what pain he must have experienced? His own clan fighting, destroying each other, right in front of his eyes. So, there is an anguish in these words, a divine anguish, so to say. What Rama would have felt? That Sita has to be abandoned. My own people are telling me according to the law. And I have to listen to the law. Because as a king, I cannot say, do otherwise. And yet I have to do something, which all my higher ethical sense resists and contradicts. But I am caught in this dilemma. So, something like this, she in her anguish says, you have been put into contact with the world of truth. You live within it. Not only contact, See, surrounding us. So the responsibility is much greater. One with those who are, let's say in this magic space and of course those who have been from an early childhood. It's not enough to say, I've been here since childhood. It means something more. So she says, the air you breathe is full of it. We all know the difference, no? What is... What the air means here and what it means outside. Very often when people have these problems, problems are everywhere in life, no? So you just ask, so would you like to be elsewhere? No, no. Because this air one breathes here is something different. That's why people come. Sometimes our outer mind may not understand it. Just now I was experiencing, you know, in the sports ground, you have the second December program. If you look at it outwardly, you feel, what is it? You know, you are made to learn all this uh, rapport and, you know, attention and standards. In long time, you are just standing. But it's not about that at all. If you look from the superficial point of view, it will look like, what is this activity? But if you feel it inside, you feel that… This is a spot where the mother is taking up the most difficult part of the work. Within the body, she wants our body to soak in that atmosphere to bring out that power inside. Almighty powers are shut in nature cells. That's how she put it, all the playground activity much later. I think it was 58 or… no, much later, not 58, when she gave a prayer of the cells of the body. Because somebody asked her, mother, we are doing all this, why… And he says, thank God, you at least want to know why? Okay, I'll tell you. It is to awaken consciousness in the cells. No, this was too much. You have cells, but what is awakening consciousness in the cells? Consciousness is a brain phenomena. People are still debating whether consciousness is primary or an epiphenomena. Consciousness of the cells, she would also talk about atoms. But that is too much for human beings. Consciousness of the cells awaken. How, mother? So she gave a prayer of the consciousness of the cells. Prayer of the cells where she says, now that by the effort of the grace we are beginning to awaken. What they are awakening to? This new possibility. What is the old possibility? If I am sick, I am already a dead man. Somebody else called Mr. Doctor has to heal me. What he will do? He will give me some medicines. That aphorism of Sri he says, this is the old gospel. Health by a hundred strappings. And then he says at one point that if I believe in the power of healing and in the process, I think recently I had posted also, one even dies, I think Uday had posted that. Still, I prefer to embrace it than to survive with a host of medicines. And then he says, somebody may say, oh, this is all imagination, fantasy. He says, "I, in that case, I prefer to embrace my Shimmeran, you know, Shimmerai is uh, something which doesn't exist, a creature who is supposed to be in heaven. He says, I prefer to embrace my Shimmerian ignorance. You call it ignorance, fine, doesn't matter. Now imagine if there are a group of people who believe that healing can be done from within. There are people. Now, they may not succeed initially because the old grip is very strong on matter. So this is the aphorism. I would rather die, this sure windows huh? very strong. I would rather die and have done with it than spend life in defending myself against a phantasmal siege of microbes. So relevant for today. If that is to be barbarous and unenlightened, I embrace gladly my Cimmerian darkness. You see? And this is full of uh, satire and you know. Humanity will say, oh see... You have to use these scientific methods. Well, we may believe in them, but we may believe in self-healing. One day the body, because we believe in it, may not be my body, may not be next body, may not be hundred years, but because there are some people who believe that it's possible by inner means to cure everything one day out of the body, they will bust forth the power to heal from within. But there have to be those who are ready to take this. This is a challenge. That's why it's a great adventure. That's what is practice. That's what she is revealing to us, what is practice. Now come this part of the message, and here you have all the help. And yet, how few of you know that these truths are valuable only if they are put into practice? And that it is useless to talk of consciousness, knowledge, have seminars, equality of soul, universality, infinity. Eternity, supreme truth, the divine presence, and of all sorts of things like that. If you make no effort yourselves to live these things and feel them concretely within you. So, this is what she is reminding us. She's not saying don't talk, she's saying live it. Don't just have empty words. Oh, you know, Shabinder has spoken about supermind and then start defining supermind. And then have a seminar on supermind. Long, long back I remember there was a whole seminar organized by Indian Council of Philosophical Research on supermind. And they asked me, I said, I am not in. Why? I said, supermind cannot be. You can't have a seminar on supermind. You can have a spontaneous glimpse and on that basis you can share your Glimpse, you can't analyze based on that, it has to be your own revelation which will develop. If you have the will and the faith, the door will open and there will be a glimpse, even if momentarily, of what it is and how it works. And the mother has said, Even what is the door? She said, Through the psychic door, you can glimpse the supramental. And so, here she says, And don't tell yourself, good reminder. Oh, I've been here for so many years. It doesn't work like that. 30 years, 40 years, I never went out. You never went in. You <laughs> never went out, but you never went in. You know this story about... Uh, See, Guru Guru Nanak, once people were going on a pilgrimage, holy (laughs) site. So, they said, would you come along? He said, no, no, I am kind of busy. But anyways, what happened? He said, you know, it's very sacred. If you go there, everything good (laughs) happens. He said, okay, please carry this little thing inside. Uh, He put something wrapped in a cloth. He said, don't open it. Wherever you go, everywhere in pilgrimage, there is a water, holy water. You please dip it and bring it back to me. At least I'll have some privilege. They did it then when they came back, so Guru Nanak is saying, let me see. What are you going to see? Are this you have brought, it's has become Prasad. So he opens. So what was it? It was bitter goat, karila, And it had brought in like anything. So he said, oh, why it didn't change? I thought it will become sweet. Sri said in a very different way. When someone said, oh, now this is the other side of the story. You may go to playground, but without this awareness. So, this is the other side of the story when Shurabinda was asked, I believe Supermind is going to descend in the playground. First, they are the ones who will receive it. He said, in that case, I won't. But actually, he is the first one, you know, when he leaves the body. And another place, when he, said, when he was asked, I believe those who are near to you will be the first ones to get transformed. So, he said, yes, including the piece of wood on my table. My table. So, there is something to be done. So, she says, don't say, I have never gone from here, I have lived here for so long. See, all this was removed. This is so important, no, equally important. So, he says, don't tell yourselves, oh, I have been here so many years. Oh, I would very much like to have the result of my efforts. Because it can be very depressing. If you have done nothing and after 20, 30, 40 years, all that you can say to your credit is, I have lived here something may happen because you have lived and breathed but that's not the thing imagine the opportunity if you have lived outside it's okay because you know well you were not given this chance but you have lived here and after 50 years you are the same monkey forget about becoming human so it's so she's saying don't say that she's reminding in 57 as soon as the supermind is descended she's awakening us awakening us You must know that very persistent efforts, a very steadfast endurance are necessary to master the least weakness, the least pettiness, the least meanness in one's nature. Now she is telling us what is the effort that is needed. Oh mother, we should put into practice, so shall we sit every day, two hours sitting in this lotus posture and with the japa of a mantra, we invoke the supermind. No, look at the effort she is talking about and how many times one has to do it. What is the effort she is saying? What is the use of talking about divine love? I am a bhakta of the mother. What is the use of talking about divine love? If one can't love without egoism, forget about divine love. <laughs> you can't love a human being without egoism. You want to do bhakti. There also we will do the same thing. Fulfill my demands. If you don't, then you are no more divine, straight away. Love a human being, love a creature, love dogs, cats, all the plants, everything. Then you will understand what it means to love without egoism. She is saying, when you are loved without egoism, then you can talk about divine love. Not before that. So that's why she's not saying you don't have a right, but right when you're broken free from the finite into the infinite, then you can speak about infinite. If you had a moment's contact with the eternal, maybe while sitting in front of the sea, then you can speak about eternity because it carries the weight of your own experience. Not just because one has read it. So, what is the use of talking about divine love if one can't love without egoism? What is the use of talking about immortality? you know we are going to become immortal if one is stubbornly attached to the past and the present she's not talking about body look at it past and the present my old way of life that's so wonderful you know you know when i was in air force when i was a doctor it doesn't work out rich successful life as dilip kumar roy once wrote to sherbindu After all, I had quite a rich, successful life, you know. He has given music in some of the uh, top films, acclaimed all over the world. Somebody who could correspond with Gandhi, Russell, all these people so freely. Aldo Huxley. So he says, after all, I didn't have a bad life. He says, yes, that's what you feel, unfortunately. You don't realize what a limited human life it is. There is not even a single mastery over an impulse in nature. That's what... Ashoka and Buddha, no? When Ashoka says, I am a king. So, Buddha says, I am also king. What is your dominion? Buddha asks Ashoka, you see all this land? That is my dominion. What do you possess? What are you a master of? He says, I am master of my nature. This is my dominion. So, she says, you can't even have that. What is the use of talking about immortality If one is stubbornly attached to the past And the present Immortality by its nature means To follow the universal movement If we get stuck Even if it is to a chair Or a way of being or a character Then we are gone We are not candidates for that And if one doesn't want to give Anything in order to receive everything People took all the trouble to come all the way and they wanted to see the mother immediately, night, 10 o'clock. We have come for darshan. Mother, they have come. She says, Oh, is it? They can't wait till morning. Mother, they have come very far, so they want to see you. Oh, is it? Then she says, Just because they have taken a train <laughs> and come, so they must see me immediately, and I must present myself. No, no, mother, not like that. They are asking, they want to ask you, What will it, how will the supermind benefit them? She says, And why should it benefit them? Just because they have train, taken a train to come here, it should benefit them. Then she laughs and says, tell them it will give them a few blows. And Then she reminds, because human beings don't want, they are not ready. So they have no other choice. Divine has to lead us through these blows. Very unfortunate. Divine doesn't want it. That's why the sunlit path of the soul. But if human beings don't change, what do you do? So that's where, and she says that don't forget now, it's no more me, it's a truth consciousness. It will not uh, try to protect you. It will give you blows if you go. If you have taken shelter in her, her way is different. <laughs> but truth consciousness is truth consciousness. Lady, lay you bare. You can't, you know, that's why those who depend on the mother, rely on the mother, the said, it's for your safety. Supermind is there, it will work, yes. But supermind is supermind. Direct sun, here, she will take the rays of the sun, give us that much which we can bear and prepare us for that. And then she says, you don't want to give anything and you want to receive everything. She is reminding us of all this. This is the practice that she wants us to do. You are still very young, but you must learn right away that to reach the goal, you must know how to pay the price. You can't keep the old and the new together. Old, all mystics have said, That if you keep your leg in two boats which are going in different direction, you will be torn apart. That's all. Stay in that boat. Doesn't matter. One day you will get a blow and you will enter the ocean and say, I want that other boat. Maybe it will come. But when the other boat has come, then jump. Don't wait. Don't keep feet in two boats. Turn everything into a journey towards the goal. You must learn right away that to reach the goal, you must know how to pay the price. And that to understand the supreme truths, you must put them into practice in your daily life. That's all the mother. So this is the full message. And when we read it with the background and the context, it awakens us, wants us to move. main thing that she wants us to cultivate is sincerity. So regardless of whatever we are doing, it's she is not talking anywhere about the outer change of activity, but about the inner change. We have to come out of the old way of doing it. Maybe we are doing the same thing, but we are doing it in a new way. And if we don't know the new way, we have to aspire and find the new way. Thank you. Namaste.